Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. Have you ever been in a situation, you've been with somebody, you, you, maybe last year for a few weeks that you had lockdown here for a few weeks, um, uh, maybe... Um, You've had a situation in your life and you just, it keeps coming back and you, you go, I'm just over it. Who's ever just had that sort of mindset? I'm just over it. Anyone like that? Give me a wave. If, you're, if you've over some things, just say, I'm just over it. I, I, whenever they mention the name COVID, I'm just over it. Uh, you know, we shut down a nation for one person. I had to have a COVID test to come here yesterday because of one person in Brisbane that got, and I was in Brisbane in the airport and had drove to the Gold Coast, but I had to have a COVID test yesterday to wait for two and a half hours in Melbourne and I got it at 10.30 this morning. So that's the only way I could get here. I'm just over it. <laughs> have you ever been going through an issue in your life and you, it just keeps coming back and you, well, I'm just over it. Today I wanna speak to you on, I'm over it. Ephesians chapter two, verse six says, and God raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The Amplified Version says, and He raised us up together with Him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with Him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One. You see, you and I are seated in heavenly places. So we have a choice every day to live seated or defeated. If I'm seated, I'm over it. I'm over that problem that's been trying to hold me back. I'm over that situation that's been trying to hold me down. I'm just over it. And today, I wanna encourage you, you are over it if you're seated in heavenly places. Colossians chapter three says, since you've been raised up to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honour at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of this earth, for you died to this life and your real life, everyone say your real life, is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you shall share in all His glory. I love this because we, the Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. And if Ephesians 2, 6 says, I'm seated with Him, that means I'm seated in a pretty amazing spot. I love worshiping God, it is awesome. I don't know about you. I just love when we get in the presence of God. You are my champion. Hey, you should go back to some of the YouTube videos when I was leading worship. <laughs> Unspeakable joy, it was lit. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you get pulled over on the, anyway. The, uh, it's <laughs> that's when I used to wear a suit to church. You know, I love worshiping God. It's, it's amazing worshiping Him. I love lifting Him up. I love putting my attention on Him. I love coming 
and sitting at his feet. You know, I, I, I love the story. One of my favorite stories is when, when Mary came and she poured perfume over Jesus' feet and washed his feet with her hair. And I've, I've said this before, but imagine if I did that to Jesus. It'd be like a roll-on deodorant on his feet. But um, <laughs> Amazing thing about that story isn't what she did, is actually what Jesus didn't do. Jesus didn't say, what are you doing? He didn't say, stop. He didn't say, that's expensive. Don't waste it. See, we look at what she did, but look at what Jesus did. Hmm. See, she sat at his feet to worship him. I love sitting at his feet and worshiping him. But if I live my life at his feet, I never understand how he thinks. You go, what do you mean? If my children came to dinner and they ate at my feet every day, they would look up to me all the time and go, wow, that's amazing, incredible. And they would get little snippets of how I would react to things. But when they're seated at the table with me, they're learning how I roll. So yes, we need to sit at his feet and worship him, but also we need to sit at his table and understand how he rolls. We need to sit around and see how he responds to the person who does wrong to him. <laughs> we need to see how he responds to poverty. We need to see how he responds to sickness. We need to see how he responds to all the challenges that are on earth. And as you sit at the table with Jesus, you'll see something that is amazing. One of the most amazing stories to me in the Bible is, you know, when they're going across the Sea of Galilee and they go and there's a storm happening. By the way, in January last year, I had no idea there was a storm about to hit the earth. That changed the way people live. Because when you're on your journey, you don't realize a storm's coming. So what do you do when the storm happens? There it is, the storm comes and they're freaking out. Jesus is sleeping. He's sleeping, he's not worried. He, he doesn't go, oh myself, there's a storm. Some of you just got that. Yeah. <laughs> He's, that's a storm. Yeah, but he was chilled. You see, because they were in his vicinity, because they were in his cabin, because they saw, they saw how he responded to situations. That's what happens when you're seated with him. You see how he responds. If all I can do is get a glimpse of him looking up, I, I see him and how awesome and how big he is, but I don't see his response to the way I could. I'm over it. You see, we are called to rule and to reign. My mum used to say, this earth is just the place of I'm training for reigning. And what I noticed different about people who really believe in heaven last year is those people weren't as freaked out as the people who don't. Even Christians who say they believe in heaven were freaked out because they had a viewpoint of the moment instead of the future. 
See, if heaven is really our destiny and if heaven is really the place that we're going, and this is just 70 years or plus, 70 years or more that we're going through, I'm really close to that, getting closer every day. If it's just that, and that's all life is, then I get fearful about everything that comes my way. But if I have a heavenly view, if I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, if I have that heavenly mindset, doesn't matter what comes my way, I'm over it. In Genesis chapter one, when God created man, the Bible says, and God created, verse 27, and God created human beings in his own image. I love this. Because you and I are created in the image of God. Image has got two syllables if I'm doing it. I'm age. You see, we're created in his image. We're created to mature, to be like him. That's why the Bible says, when I see him, I'll be like him. I'm changed from glory to glory. So if I'm viewing him, I'm maturing into him. If I'm viewing other things, I'm maturing into those things. So if I'm viewing my problems, I'm maturing into my weakness. But if I'm viewing my Jesus, I'm maturing, I'm age, I'm getting my image, my maturity out of who I'm seeing. Hmm. And the Bible says he created male and female. Then he blessed them. Right now that should be a praise party. God blessed you and I. Doesn't matter what season we're in, we're blessed. Doesn't matter what we go through, we're blessed. Doesn't matter what happens in our lives, we're blessed. Why? Because God says He created us and He blessed us. And if God blesses you, nothing can stop you. The only thing that ever stops you is what you agree to. Hmm. It says, and God blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the air and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Another version says, and all the creeps. (laughs) So have authority over the creeps. But notice he said to be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue and have dominion. That's what we're called to do. To be fruitful, how do you become fruitful? You have seed. God gives you seed. He gives you abilities. He gives you talents. The reason why some people aren't fruitful is because they're using things that they never were given by God. Because sometimes we, we talk about having a dream, but we've let the world tell us what the dream is instead of having an encounter with God. That's why His presence is so important because when you encounter Him, Hebrews 8.5, build according to the pattern shown to you on the mountain. In His presence, people look at planet shakers and they go, wow, what God is doing is amazing. And I go, yeah, all I'm doing It's just a larger version of my small group that I used to do at Gillis Plains, 29 Greenbank Drive. It's just a bigger version. Nothing's really, you see what happened is as a young person I had an encounter with God that He put a seed in me, He put a deposit in me and my job was to create an environment for that seed to grow. He created gifts and talents and abilities in you and I and He says I want you to discover your purpose in life because when you discover your purpose in life, you discover the seed I placed in you and as you discover that purpose and you multiply it and it becomes free fruitful, you will start taking ground like never before. So many people, as a pastor, I used to get really 
I like people believing for the best. And I remember in Romans chapter 12 where it says, um, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed, not by the removal of your mind, because we used to teach, leave your mind, at, not we, but back in the day, leave your mind at the door and come and receive from God. In other words, don't overthink what God is doing. <laughs> by the way, I remember one time God was moving in this room and people laughing and falling in the power of God and, and there were some skeptics and they said, it's the gas that's coming in. They're putting laughing gas in. And I asked them, well, why aren't you laughing? <laughs> oh, they go, good point. If I left my mind at the door, I wouldn't have an answer to their problem. But God doesn't want us to be mindless. He wants us to have our mind renewed. It says, don't conform, fashion alike, be like the world, but let your mind be transformed, transformation. We're called to transform Adelaide and beyond by the renewing, the renovation of our mind. You ever seen those renovation shows? And you see a house that's beaten up and old. But the purpose that that house was built on was a dream that an architect had. And over a period of time, it got run down. And then a renovation comes. What does a renovation do? It makes it better than the original. So when I get a renewed mind, I have a renovation of my thinking that is better than the original thought or original mindset that I've ever lived in. But there's this little bit of scripture that I get really, I go, God, it says... Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. And I'm like, but God, I want people to think big. I said, How do, what do you mean by that? He says, you know what thinking of yourself more highly than you ought is? I'm like, no. He said, it's when people do things that I never told them to do. And, it, and people try to take on gifts and talents that they never were equipped with. And they're saying, I should be doing this. And God says, no, I created you to do that. Because the problem is we've said, we've looked at how the world thinks and the world says, well, that's successful. You know, we got the Western world and the God of the Western world is celebrity, particularly the more north you get in the world. And with celebrity, being important, being this big person, nothing wrong with celebrity, but the person in the car park is as important as me preaching on this stage. And every person has value and honour and when people think this is higher and that's lower, there is no concept of how God created us and God created us with all gifts and abilities. And if so, you know, it's like people who, who try to try out for a singing contest and they can't sing. What are they doing? They're thinking of themselves more highly than they ought. So how do I live in the God bubble or in the God mindset? I sit with him and say, God, what have you designed me to be? What have you designed me to do? What's my purpose on this planet? And being satisfied that I take this seed and I multiply it and I see it become fruitful, multiply to replenish, subdue and have dominion. So our job is to understand that we are ruling and reigning and we're getting our seed and we're bringing fruitfulness to it, then we're multiplying our seed and then we're replenishing it in areas that need to be replenished. And friends, there are people and places in this city that need the replenishing of God in their life. Last year when COVID happened, 
I was like, you know, we have a big online audience. So um, online is not church, by the way. It's a church experience. Online is the coming together of God's people. Our church is the coming together of God's people. Online is an experience of church. But it's, got, it's when we come together is when we are actually having church. We couldn't do that last year in Melbourne. So we had big online, whatever. I said, God, what are we... We're getting people saved, but they're not getting in the local church and disciple because God just doesn't want people to make a commitment. He wants them to be discipled. <laughs> and so we have a feeding program that we would feed the year before 104,000 equivalent meals in 2019. And uh, that was pretty cool. And I said, we need, we need to do five centers this when COVID happened. So we built these really nice um, feeding centres that people could come and shop. Um, we, we give out handouts to help people who couldn't get there, but we want people to come and shop because when they shop, if I hand them something, it's good, but if they shop for themselves, there's more dignity attached to what they take. So we created these five feeding centres and in 11 months, we gave out equivalent to one million meals. And I was like, we got all these people coming to our feeding centres on Sunday. We couldn't gather in church, so what are we going to do? I've got online, I've got the gospel being preached, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put a big old screen up in the, every room and we're going to do an altar call every time for that people come in every hour and give them an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. So... Before COVID, we were getting 222, 50 people saved a weekend. When COVID hit, local decisions were 50. Then when the feeding program happened and then we did the whole um, experience there, it went up to 180 a week. Why? Because we decided that we're going to have seed that will become fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue and have dominion. And now we are probably Melbourne's biggest feeding relief centre there is in the city and the government and everybody knows what we're doing. What is that? Being fruitful, multiplying, replenishing and subdued. What am I doing? In other words, I'm seated with Christ. He gives me an idea. I step out that idea and then we feed multitudes, not only physically and emotionally, but spiritually. I better hurry. You are so good. So nice. So we are heirs of God. I'd like some hairs from God, but we are heirs of God. <laughs> what is an heir of God? An heir is an inheritor or a possessor. When, when I die, when my dad dies, because he's closer to death than me. No, he's 85, I'm 53. So the, he has written a will, a will and testimony. And, uh, yep, you were caring about that. Thank you very much. And um, on that will and testimony is what I and my brother will receive. And, and so it's his will of how that will will be reached. So when I come to receive the will, because my dad has graduated to heaven, there is a purpose to his will. You know God has a will for your life. It's, an, it's attached to your inheritance. 
And so when we say, not my will be done, but your will be done, what we're doing is we're coming and saying, God, what have you given me as an inheritance, what you've written and died for and risen again for? So if I'm gonna find the will of God for my life, I'm really discovering the inheritance of God for my life. We are heirs of God. I don't know about you, but that's pretty cool because my, my dad will leave me an okay inheritance, but our dad in heaven... He has no lack. Our dad in heaven, sickness is no problem. Our dad in heaven, he is full of peace, joy, love. There is abundance for everybody. That's our dad. And if we're heirs, we are possessors of that today. But watch this. I can be in it at the same time as being over it. You can go through stuff and still be over it. Paul and Silas were in jail, but they were over it. David was in a conflict, but he was over Goliath. You see, what happens sometimes is we think over it is our feelings when we feel like we're victorious. No, you can be in the biggest battle of your life, but live over it. The challenge is, I know at becoming a Christian, we, we've taught that, uh, you know, it's the greatest life, and it is, but there are challenges attached to it. You think being a Christian is, the, is popular today? Do you think being a Christian is popular in other nations that don't like Christianity? <laughs> Look, you got real quiet. You see... We need to understand we can be in it, but we can be over it. We can be in a challenge, but we can live over it. We can be in a fight for our health and live victorious. We can be in a fight for anything that we're going through and be over it. So what are we over? We're over depression. The Bible says he gives us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. What are we over? We're over lack. But God gives always the remedy for the counter to these things. So what's a remedy? Giving, tithing, that he would rebuke the devourer and open the windows of heaven, that there'll be so much blessing that you can and I cannot contain it. We are over it. We're over fear because God has given us perfect love. And when perfect love, we understand perfect love, perfect love casts out all fear. You can be in a storm and still feel love. What are we over? We're over the works of the devil. The Bible says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest to was to destroy the works of the evil one. What are the works of the evil one? Everything that is evil on this earth. Jesus came to make a spectacle of the devil openly. And he says, hey, 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 he might, the devil might come to steal, kill and destroy, but I've come to give life and I've come to give life more abundantly. We are over the works of the devil because of the cross. We are over sicknesses sickness because by his stripes we are healed. He sent his word to heal our diseases. We live over it. We might be in it, but we can be over it. There might be disunity in a place. You're trying to navigate a marriage, a, a family situation, a work situation. But the Bible says the remedy for this is agreement. 
You see, really, disunity is basically based on pride. <laughs> Why does the devil cast down from heaven? Because of pride. <laughs> you can be in a moment where there seems disunity, but as you speak and you come in humility, their agreement comes. What are we over? We're over insecurity. The Bible says we're the light of the world. I've discovered light. Light creates security. You ever walk down a dark street at night and you feel insecure? But when it's daylight, we're good. Because where there's light, there's security. You know, this world is very insecure right now. What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? If you, I'm telling you, you live in Melbourne and one case from Woodville. That's not even close. On a pizza box. Freaks the whole of Melbourne out. Are you kidding me? This insecure atmosphere around the world. What's going to happen with JobKeeper? Oh, well, I've got a good news for you. There's GodKeeper. And he said, the Word of God says, He supplies all my needs according to His riches and glory. And if I'm His child, I got no problem. I might be in it, but I can live over it. Because you and I, Bible says we are adopted. We're chosen. <laughs> and then when my children came, they came as they were. I thought we were going to have all boys because Evans's tend to have boys. You know, they said when Sam was pregnant, what are you going to have? I said, boys, because Evans's have boys. Jonathan came. We're like, yes, of course. Sam gets pregnant again, and they said, what are you going to have? Boys. Sam's like, well, I'm not sure. I said, no, no, no. Our name's Evans. We produce boys. <laughs> then Amy comes out. It broke my heart last year, by the way. Broke my heart when she left home. I was so excited for her, but devastated. <laughs> Honestly, the night before the wedding, we said how much we loved her, and she said... And I stood there for 20 minutes crying. I couldn't even speak. And I was so mad at that dude stealing my daughter, <laughs> becoming the most important man in her life. And I, I love him. <laughs> but when she came, they said, you have a girl. I said, what? Now I'm really happy. Oh God, Amy, she's amazing actually. But I couldn't choose. I couldn't choose their personality. I couldn't choose their hair. I couldn't choose what they'd be gifted at. But when you're adopted, I pick you out. You're what I want. I choose you. That's why you can live over insecurity. Because our dad says, I choose you. And when I grew up in school, people would go, my dad's better than your dad. My dad, he can run 100 metres in 30 seconds. <laughs> well, my dad's better than your dad. 
He can lift weights. Well, our dad, collectively, is better than anything that we face. Anything. Because you're over it. So, what are you letting get over you? That's anointed water. I feel like I'm, a, I'm an influencer now after drinking at the well of influencers. <laughs> what are you letting get over you? Are you letting fear of the future get over you? Are you letting family situations get over you? Are you letting sickness or fear of what the future will hold get over you? You're over it. You are over it. You might be going through it, but you're over it. You might be challenged in it, but greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. Whatever you face, you might be in it, but you are over it because He lives in you. Jesus was in the tomb, but He was over the tomb. They try to lock Him up, limit Him. He says, well, I might be in it, but watch this. Be gone. I'm over it. Soldiers fall over. I'll freak out. Oh, I'm, now I'm going to ascend. <laughs> I'm over it. Hmm. So, what do you need to claim back that the enemies try to steal from you? Hello, thank you so much for watching this video today. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son Jesus to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes in my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer, and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. 
I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace, and the Word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.